Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. Joining me today is one of our uh, fantastic writers for Lynx. He contributes to both the magazine uh, and online. You can read his stuff on lynxmagazine.com or if you're a subscriber, flip, flip back through pages and find his name, uh, which is Tony Deer. Tony, thank you so much for joining me for the first time here on the podcast. I've been trying to get you on for a while, but how's it going out on the West Coast? It's great. Thanks, Al. Thanks very much for having me. It's, it's, just, it's just turned full here, so uh, we're, we're set for six months of gray, cold rain. Yeah, your fall and my fall are a little bit different. My fall yeah. is it's dropped to about 75 here, so <laughs> I'm thinking about a pullover. Maybe not. We'll see. Tony has been writing with links before uh, I was here and has been writing about golf for some time. He's a published author of of one or is it more than one golf book? I'll let him tell you. But Tony, can you give me your your background a little bit and how long have you been, you know, interested in writing about the game of golf? Of course, yeah. Um I'm from England, born born in England. Um came to the States in two thousand just after nine eleven actually, so end of two thousand one. I was uh, back in England and my, I started playing golf when I, I think I was about 15, was down to uh, two, three handicap when I was 17, 18. I, I said I got a place on the Liverpool University golf team. It's not like they scout for golfers there. It's not, it's not you know, golf scholarships there are not a big thing. Um, we played our home games at Hoylake, which was... So I spent an awful lot more time there than I ever did in any, any lecture hall or classroom. I got back home and was looking for a job um, and actually got offered a position as an assistant at a club just uh, just between London and Brighton. You know, I'd, I'd always wanted to be in and around golf all my life. So I, I, was, I was going for jobs with the civil service and that sort of thing. <laughs> And golf just um, looked and sounded an, an awful lot more pleasant than the civil service. So I ended up working in the pro shop for a couple of years. Um, then I had a couple of health problems, which which kind of stopped that. Because I was doing, you know, like uh, any assistant will know, I was doing 80, 85-hour weeks, you know, for, for a pittance. Um, and it just got really hard work. Um, and I was never... I was never going to be able to return to the pro shop and do that. So I began writing about the game. So this is probably mid-90s. And I worked for a number of British golf magazines. And then my wife's American. She came to live in England for three years. And then when she really wanted to get back to the, to the States, I mean, it was, it was no big deal for me. I could, you know, I, I could freelance. So, I mean, I freelanced since the first day that I arrived in the States which has you know enabled us to move from Phoenix to Denver to Seattle to where we are now in Bellingham. Very good. And I'm sure along the way you have met various personalities of the game and one of those was a guy that presented you with an opportunity recently, Scottish architect David McClay Kidd, who has been well publicized for his works um, from Banded Dunes out at Sand Valley, Mammoth Dunes, and and Gamble Sands. How did you meet David, and and what was the opportunity 
he recently gave you? Well, I, you know, I've been writing about David ever since Band and Dunes, so 20 years. And, and because, of, um, because of that, we, you know, we, we, had, we had shared dozens of phone calls through the years. And then in, uh, I don't remember the year, it must have been six or seven years ago now, he was building a course in Nicaragua called Guacalito de la, de la Isla for a, for a Nicaraguan gentleman who's, he, I, I believe he was like the second or third wealthiest man in Latin America. So he was building this course down there. And, I, and as luck would have it, I was just, I was in a string of articles about David, about the course in Nicaragua. So we shared a, num- a number of phone calls around this time and um, because of that, largely, um, he invited me to go down and see it. And the results, you know, unlike anything you've ever seen before, I mean, it, it's, um, it, it makes kind of, you know, Pinehurst and Sand Valley and Pebble Beach, you know, look like Super 8. You know, it's just extraordinary. Oh, wow. uh, and we played the course there for a few days. And on the way back, we're all sat in the... Guadalcalito de la Isla, you know, shuttle bus driving back to the airport. And David's there and, and David says he's building a course in central Washington, which they haven't got a name for yet. They have a working name for it, but but none of, no one likes it. So he says to us, um, if you've got a few minutes, you know, soon within the next few days, just put your mind to what you might call this course in central Washington. So, um, as luck would have it, you know, the day after I wasn't doing anything, I had a clear day, clear day. So I kind of got two columns, one, you know, one with a historical aspect, you know, the, the history of the area, the town. Um, the Gebbers family owned it. The, Ge- the Gebbers are a, a, a big orchardier family. You know, they do apples, cherries, and they, they, they also do a bit of uh, ranching. Um, so I had all that thing on the left-hand column and the right, uh, and, and also, um, sorry, in the right-hand column, I had ge- geographical, physical features, like ridges and rivers and whatnot. And Gamble Sands is built on a, on a relatively narrow seam of sand. Um, David will tell you that the first time he flew, flew there, you know, he fl- flies his own plane. The first time he flew there, he, he was he was looking out and all he, all he could see is rocks, uh, you know, on, on the, it's right by the Columbia river. So it's just rocky bluffs by the river, but beyond that, you know, just flat, what, what looked like clay fields, arable fields. So he wondered what on earth he was going to say when he got there, you know, it, it didn't look very promising, but he learned soon after arriving that there was a very narrow, seam of sand there and that's where they intended to build the the golf course it wasn't it wasn't great for for apples and cherries obviously but but it was um so that the gebbers family hadn't used it but david just soon discovered it was absolutely perfect for golf so he built the course there and so i i gamble dan uh i can't remember his first name sorry but gamble was a he was a canadian he was from nova scotia and we're going back I don't know, a couple of hundred years. I don't know the exact days. Um, and he walked to Washington, central Washington, for the gold rush. I have no idea how long that took him, but probably weeks. Uh, but he walked to, 
central Washington. And he made a fortune here with the gold rush. And, you know, he um, set up, a, a he built an inn and, and a ferry to take people across the Columbia River. Um, and he ended up marrying into the Gabbers family, who were landowners and, and orchardiers. And that's sort of where the gamble part came from. Um, and so I just married Gamble with Sands, and that's where the name came from. So David asked your crew of people that were in Nicaragua what to name this, and you're telling me you you named Gamble Sands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is why it's um, – I mean, it, you know, had I – had I had nothing to do with his name whatsoever, I mean, it would still be an incredibly special place. I would, I would still love the golf course, but obviously that element gives it, you know, a, a, an extra special ring to it. Yeah, I'll say you named it, but more so David liked your idea. He was, he was fielding ideas, and that one clicked. He, well, was, I, it right, I, was it right away? He was like, that's it. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I, I had this list of maybe, I don't know, 10 or 12 names, possible names, of which, you know, Gamble Sands was one. Um, and I emailed them to David um, saying, you know, I had, a, I had a spare morning, so I just gave it some thought. Here, here's a, a few um, options. And literally five minutes later, he emailed back and said, we have our winner. That's uh, Gamble Sands. It's, it's going to be Gamble Sands. Wow. So fast forward, how many years? A, a couple, a few, and... And the course is has sprouted. And when when the first chance you get to play the course? I played it, um, uh, you know, before it opened on a media day. With um, I actually played with David and um, Ron Witten from Golf Digest. Um, it, which you know, I mean, to to play with one of my literary heroes. You know, I mean, R Ron Witten is a. Uh, yeah, you know, he was always a literary hero. Um, I'd read him for 10, 15, 20 years, you know, just everything that he, he had written. Um, and to play it with David, who was, you know, fast becoming a very good friend and the designer of the course was, oh, and <laughs> I should, met, uh, should add, uh, the fourth was uh, Tara, his wife, who was, uh, who's an English lady. Um, and a very, very, very good player. Uh, you know, she's she's tried qualifying for the LPGA. That was a really, really special round. And that was, forgive me, I I, I keep forgetting that it was 2014 it went yeah. open, right? Yeah. Correct. That was that was that was I suppose that was um, spring 2014. Since when I've you know I've, I I tried to go. At first, I've tried. I I try to go a couple of times a year. Um, in the last couple of years, I've I've been I've had to, for one reason or another, that's become one one visit a year. And actually, I mean, this visit just recently was the first since 2018. It was just a, it was just great to be back. I, I absolutely love the place. Yeah, and that brings us to now, which, um, in in recent months the Gamble Sands short course called Quick Sands uh, was constructed. And so you've got the short course craze. Everyone's building a short course at their resort. That's the new thing. And 
Um, so David decides to build one here at Gamel Sands. It's a 14-hole. Is it our, all par threes? Is that right? Yes. Yep. And uh, it's open for preview play now, but will open in early 2021 fully, I understand. Am I right about that? Yeah, spring 2021. Yeah. It's, in, it's, it's important to know that, well, I don't know if it's important to know, but it's interesting to know, I think, that um, this was, it was part of the original master plan. Um, this hasn't, this, it didn't come about, you know, like in January of this year because David and, and the Gebbers and, and Tory Wolf, who, who, who married into the Gebbers family and kind of operates the place, manages the place, mm-hmm. you know, he's the main man there. Um, it wasn't like David and Tory and, and Cass Gebbers got together and thought, you know what, short courses and par threes appear to be becoming really popular i think we should run at gamble sands it wasn't like that at all i mean it was always part of the original master plan seven eight nine years ago but the you know cass and tory um you know that they're they're farmers you know they're they're arable farmers you know they they grow apples and cherries and you know ranch now they're not golf course developers you know that they got into this not reluctantly. I mean, reluctantly is the wrong word, but but they wanted to take it slowly. So they weren't, and they they actually they actually had another course um, that was being built in Brewster, which is the town there in central Washington, before Gamble Sands. They actually had another course um, in uh, a few miles away, which was on a much different um, site. It was it wasn't sandy. It was mostly rocky, um, and it was at a higher elevation. So um, it actually took an awful lot of dynamite to blast, you know, some of the their way clear to clear some of the holes, um, and it was becoming extremely expensive and not very environmentally friendly. Um, and so when when you know the the economy crashed two thousand seven two thousand eight, they decided to stop that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I'm not sure there was ever any any great desire to to go back and finish it. Well, I'm sure there was, but um, but they never did. But they always had this other property on on the other side of the river, which um suddenly came to the fore, and um and that's when they got very serious about the land where Gamble Sands is now. So they wanted to see basically how the 18 hole course did and was received before they decided to continue on the plan. Yeah. I mean, now there's, you know, there's three courses. There's, mm-hmm. there's the, the original sounds course. There's the, the putting course, which is a riot. It's just brilliant. And there's now quick sounds. So there's three courses. There is, you know, David has, has routed a second 18 hole course, which is on, a, which is on slightly different land. You know, part of it is, um, is really interesting and exciting, but mostly it's on uh, flatter. It's a flatter side, but you know David will obviously you know bring his creativity and flair to 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 bear there. You know if and when it happens. You know that there's <laughs> Tory is is slow. You know to um he you know he he's a businessman, so he 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 totally understands the uh, the the potential. But he, he's not he's not just gonna rush into this venture. 
you know, it, it took eight or nine years for, for them to, you know, give quicksands the green light. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the, the second 18 hole course there, you know, w- will probably happen, but I don't know when, um, and, and, you know, there was no lodging to begin with. There wasn't any lodging for three years, two, three years. It's just, it's just doing it piece by piece, you know, and, and slowly adding to the resort there, which is, you know, and, and everything's done so beautifully. I mean, the sands courses, I mean, that was the first and, you know, the, the first, like element of the of the of the resort if you like and it's brilliant i mean it is it is it is my favorite course in the states i believe i don't think i'm pushing the boat too far out to say that um the clubhouse is the clubhouse is perfect you know it's nothing grand it's not pretentious it's a simple functional building and it just does the job perfectly and that's all there was you know for the first two or three years it quickly became extremely popular and it's, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's fame, but it's, um, you know, it, word of mouth got, got around the Pacific Northwest, certainly around, around Washington. So it became clear that, that lodging was viable and almost, you know, like a no brainer and they, uh, and they did it perfectly. You know, they, they put it down. Uh, the, the golf course is, is, I don't know exactly how high, high above the river is, but say it's, 250 300 300 feet above the river they put the lodging down the slope uh, and cut it into a bank there so you can't see it from the golf course at all you can't see it from anywhere the, the only place you can see the 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 resort the the lodging is actually if you're at the lodging so it's it's just done you know with a thought to the environment it's it just blends in perfectly. the 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 lodging is it's really comfortable and that you know the the um the uh, the cascades putting course is right outside your window there. So uh, you know if you if you want to get up at six o'clock in the morning and putt like Alice McKenzie did, then you can do that. You, yeah. You know you go out onto a onto a this roly poly hickledy pickledy putting course, which is so much fun. And it overlooks the Columbia River with the Cascade Mountains there. It's it's spectacular. Yeah. It's magic. So suffice it to say, another 18-hole course would be great, but, you know, there's no rush. And it, it's certainly not needed for a place like this. Right. No, and right you're away. not going to rush Tory into anything. I mean, you know, he, he's going to take it very steadily. But he's not, you know, he's not stupid. I mean, you know, when it becomes clear that, there is um, there is sufficient call for this. There is sufficient demand for this, and uh, you know all all the stars line up. Then he'll go ahead. He'll, he, you know he'll uh, he'll give it the green light. But until then, don't rush him. So you mentioned earlier that David is uh, a pilot, has his pilot license, has his own plane, which brings me to this most recent trip that you took was probably a little different than any other trip you've been. I know you've been several times, but this had to be a lot different because David said, hop on board and I'll take you down uh, for the preview of quicksands. Yeah. And you hear stories about people at these openings there. You play the the golf course and then the architects there and you talk to him afterwards about it and, and all that. And it's, you know, exclusive, but I think this is, this is quite different. You were literally flown 
to the golf course by the golf course architect. He could describe it from the air to you uh, in a way that, that no one else could experience. What, what was the entire experience getting down there this most recent time like? Well, it kind of starts three, three years ago um, with Mammoth Dunes. I mean, the plan was always for him to fly us to, to Mammoth Dunes for the media event there um, prior to the opening of Mammoth Dunes. Um, but again, weather got in the way. So I, I ended up flying commercial to um, <laughs> commercial. Can you believe it? Um, to Milwaukee and, the, and then driving to, to um, Sand Valley. So that opportunity went. Um, I had an opportunity in, in January of this year. We, we have a, a February, maybe. Um, we have the Seattle Golf Show, which is, which is put on at Quest Field. Um, you know, we're, we're not, not, not out on the field, but on the pitch, but, uh, you know, in the building where the Seahawks play. And David was lined up to do a big um, quicksands address, you know, he was going to address the attendees and do a big presentation on quicksands. And, and I was going to um, give him a Q&A and introduce him. And it was, you know, it was, it was, it was all, it was going to be a, a nice event, but COVID got in the way of that. So that never happened. David then invited me to, he asked me if, if I could design one of the greens at Quicksands, which was so exciting. I, you know, I did a lot of research and there, there was a green that I was, I really wanted to, to um, model it on. A green, the fifth green back at, uh, in England at Royal Wellington, uh, nine hole course in Cambridgeshire, which it's just, it's like, it's like, uh, it's 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 not dull. I wouldn't say it's dome, but it, it kind of falls off, you know, on, on both sides, and it's it's just a it's just a it's one of those maddening greens. I mean, it's uh, it's really fun, but it can really really get to you after a while. You know, if if if, if you you can play yo yo, and you can go backwards and forwards, and so I knew that number two at Pinehurst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I knew, I knew that you know with, with with the trend of short courses you know just being diabolical fun I knew, I knew that it would fit really I thought that it would fit really well um, and so I was excited about the chance to design that but but COVID got in the way of that again um, you know David was out there for three months March April May he actually built the course I believe in eighty nine or ninety days. And just had had a really small crew there. I mean, him, Nick Sean, his you know his business partner, design partner, and I don't know maybe a couple of other construction guys. That was it. So you know, I couldn't be there for that. So that was um, so all those things had 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 nearly happened, but hadn't. And so David said, "Okay, well, you know, all, all these things never came to pass, but you know, I, I will, I will come and get you for the quicksands." preview event now coming to get me i mean if you can imagine bend in oregon and where and brewster in central washington for him to come to direct due north to bellingham to pick me up in his plane well you know was a a gesture you know uh, you know i'll never be able to repay him because i won't be able to (laughs) go and pick him up in my plane um but it was quite something so so he 
he flew to Bellingham with Nick Sean, who you know who lives in Ben too, um, and and uh, and picked me up at, at Bellingham Airport, um, and then you know we we went out we went out into the tarmac into the plane had a couple of pictures taken um, before inserting ourselves into the cockpit, and then I shut up as David spoke with the um the flight control people and and put in all his coordinates and and altitudes and all the rest of it um and that took maybe half an hour then when we took off you know he just he just pressed the button let the plane do the do the work and and that was that he he did show us actually when um just oh excuse my dog sorry <laughs> just um just prior to taking off he did say look if if i um if I do lose consciousness for for whatever reason, just press that button. So he 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 showed me a, the blue button. Oh, uh, I always remember, remember him pointing to the blue button and saying, you know, it it shouldn't happen, but if uh, you know, if if the worst comes to worst, just uh, just press that button. And if that doesn't work, then then um pull on the um parachute. This plane had a parachute. So flying south out of Bellingham Airport in a in a tiny cirrus uh four-seater plane was was and much slower obviously than than any other plane i'd flown out of bellingham airport in was so thrilling as i said david had plotted all the punched in all the all the coordinates you know prior to taking off so it's not like he had his hand on the steering wheel and was um and the gear stick and was uh operating the the plane as we flew i mean it just did it all by itself uh, at at one point after i suppose after about 5 minutes of of climbing out of bellingham airport it turned right angles to the left due east and headed out over the um the cascade mountains and you know with with the north cascades in front of you mount baker it's an incredible sight and then we um approached the course from from the south uh dipped down to about a thousand feet to uh to look at the course you know one of my golf writing friends darren bunch from golf trips x um i found out later that he was on the 17th fairway and was and was waving up to us because he he kind of assumed it was david arriving um so you know you see all these guys out on the golf course then you get down a little bit lower as you approach quicksands and you know we, we I, you could see quicksands as as we approached and it just looked thrilling i was kind of aware of this of this really great piece of land to the left of the um to the left of the entrance road but but yeah as we dipped down low to have a look you know it it really did look absolutely bizarrely fun you know if if you can you know <laughs> do you understand what i mean it was like sure oh my goodness it just it just instantly filled you with with um with anticipation um our first golf was the cascades putting course which which is just a you know just up and down putting it's like the himalayas at san andrews i don't know if you've ever been but it's just so much fun I've seen um, pictures. You, yeah, you're out there with drinks. Yeah, I've seen pictures of the putting course at Gamble Sands, and it just looks like I didn't know what it was at first. I thought it was like I thought it was a hole because it was so massive. Yeah, 
It's huge. I mean, it's, it's an acre um, and it's right outside the, the lodgings. Um, so you have the, the lodgings. Well, I mean, if you come out of your, of your room, your hotel room, um, you know, you, you have the golf, the, the Cascade punting course right in front of you and then the Columbia River and the Cascades beyond that. So it's, it's a very special place just to, you know, convene in the evening after dinner, you know, have some drinks out on the, out on the putting course with friends as the sun goes down. It's, it's just a very special place. And then early next morning, you're up, up at six, I suppose, um, for dawn, a uh, bit of breakfast. And then we went out to quicksands and we, you know, we continued in our pairs. We played quicksands it is it was far more exciting enjoyable um entertaining than even my you know my first impression had been you just have to thrill you just have to you're just impressed at the creativity of these people you know as as you talk to david and you talk to other designers you understand the level of of intelligence wisdom creativity that goes into building a golf course, any golf course, you know, the particulars surrounding quicksands, you know, you have, you have budget constraints, you have time constraints, you have workforce constraints, you have the site itself constraints. And, and so, you know, you come to it thinking, okay, you've got all these considerations. What am I trying to do? What's, what, what's the, what's the, um, the result that we're aiming for here? And, you know, you got, you got 25 acres, you know, 15 of which are maintained. How are you going to get the most bang for your buck here? How are you going to get the most enjoyment for the most people that we could possibly get from this, from this small, you know, relatively small patch of ground? And so you build 14 really incredibly fun golf holes, you know, that, that calls on your, that calls on a golfer's creativity, imagination, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and execution, you know, skill to be able to play, but which, you know, is not going to be the same this afternoon or this evening or tomorrow morning when you play it again, because the tees would have been moved, the flags would have been moved, you know, the winds change. You know, there's, there's 14 holes, but, you know, the, 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 the distance of each of them will change every day. Right. Um, and the, the teeing grounds will change. So, you know, the angle at which you come into the greens will be different. The length of the holes will be different. And uh, so there's that. So, I mean, the, the green fee is, uh, they haven't decided on it 100% yet. But as, as, as far as I know, the plan is for it to be a $60 green fee. Now, with that $60, you can have as many replays as you want. So it could well be that, you know, you pay your $60 green fee, you go out at six o'clock in the morning or whenever it opens and you, you have so much fun, you decide, well, I'm not going to play the, the sound scores today. I'm not going to do anything else. I just want to play this all day long. And you go around five times and it costs you $60. So, you know, your, your, your green fee could end up costing you $12 a round or it could be $20 a round or $30 a round or whatever. Right. But, um, I, I think the, uh, for me personally, 
think that the ideal would be to go out six o'clock in the morning, early morning, have have one one loop round um, quicksands, go out play the sands course, and and have a second and maybe third game in the evening at quicksands, and then and then have dinner and then finish the evening at the Cascade putting course. It's just it's just uh, it's it's Nirvana, really, mm-hmm. and the. You know, the, I mean, not only is the, is the design of the golf course, you know, quicksand, sands course, the Cascade punning course, brilliant. The surfaces, I mean, I'm not sure enough is said about the surfaces at Gamble Sands. The fescue there is, um, I'm not sure I've, I, I can't think of a, of better surfaces anywhere that I've ever played. I mean, the, I can't remember any any visit that I've you know a dozen visits there over the years when I've ever had to remark on you know substandard passing services or fairways that they I think they're the best fairways I've ever played in my life. Um, the greens are the greens are fantastic. They roll they roll beautifully smoothly. Um, they can get quick. You know they 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 uh, if if Josh really wanted to get them down quick, he could. So, I mean, it's, it's just perfect. I mean, the services are perfect. The speeds of the greens are perfect. Testing without being ridiculous. Hearing you describe, you know, go from playing an 18 to you have time in the afternoon, play 14 and have dinner, go go back out and, and putt. It's, it's been the mark in, in my experience of a really – you know, special golf centric property and um, the way that, that I hear you talk about it, it makes me immediately want to, to get there. Um, and now you spent three days there this time yes. and, and the plan for you was to fly back with day or have David fly you back. Um, he was your ride there. You would assume he'd be your ride back. Um, that was the plan. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, things change and uh, the weather can be finicky. And so you had to find a different way back home. Yeah, the, the plan was to leave. You know, as soon as we finished golf on Tuesday afternoon, the plan was to fly back to Bellingham. But uh, for whatever reason, David just didn't want to. I was assuming he was just too tired. Um, and that was finally... You know, if if, a, if the pilot's too tired to fly, I'm very happy for him not to fly. Um, so we stayed another night. But um, as luck would have it, uh, a gentleman by the name of Sidney Rice, who won the won the Super Bowl with the Seahawks in in 2014, he is a, a golf nut. He just, I believe, he discovered the game about two years ago, and he is completely taken with the game just totally hooked and he was there he'd just been out there with a friend um playing golf for a couple of days and he had stopped by the table on on tuesday evening just to thank david and congratulate him on a wonderful design and and they'd spoken for a bit and and sydney had told david that he was driving back to sydney the next uh, seattle the next day so on Wednesday morning, when David decided that he wasn't going to fly to Bellingham, he quickly looked up Sydney and said, would you mind a passenger? So I, instead of flying back privately in, in David McClay Kids, Cirrus, I ended up 
in the passenger seat of Sydney Rice's Mercedes driving back to Seattle. <laughs> en route back to Seattle with a Super Bowl champion. I remember Sydney Rice. He was a pretty, pretty good player. He's from around uh, these parts, went to South Carolina. That's right. He, he told me um, he went. He told me the high school, and my memory isn't the best. I, I can't remember where he went to high school, but he was you know, he, what an absolute gent. He was really pleasant. We had a great chat. Uh, you know, it was four hours of just two of us just chit chat, and it was it was great. I mean, we. I wouldn't say we, we got on like old buddies. You know, just like that. But um, but it was just really pleasant. It yeah. was just great fun. So he's just gotten bitten by the golf bug pretty hard, I guess, probably since his playing career in football ended. Yeah, well, when, when we got back to his house, um, I had um, arranged for an Uber to, to pick me up at his house and take me to Seattle Airport, SeaTac Airport, from where I got the bus home. Um. So there was about a 20, 30 minute wait at his house um, before the Uber arrived. And he took me down into his basement and he's got a, um, you know, he's got, he's got the whole set up there. He's got trap man, you know, and uh, the, the whole wall, one wall is a, you know, the screen and he's got a, I don't know, a $30,000, $40,000 trap man set up there. Um, and it's just incredible. And, and you know, I mean, from what I could gather, he's down there a lot. You know, he's just he's just a total he's just total crazy about golf. Um in the last couple of years has has really gotten into it. Well that's cool. Do you think that is you're writing an autobiography one day, is that maybe one of the more interesting chapters in your in your book? Well it's yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's really cool. I mean no doubt. I mean it's um when I tell you know friends and family back in England, it's it's like, um, uh, 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 what? Uh, you know, it's um, it's and, like, I, and I mean the experience as a whole, like the three days make up one chapter of your book. Oh, it was oh definitely, yeah. yeah it was um, it was it was a very special time, um, because it's I mean. It, uh, as I said earlier, it's, it probably is my favorite place in America. Um, you know, I mean, Grand Canyon, Florida Keys, whatever, you know, they're all amazing places, but Gamble Sands is, is, it has a personal thing for me as, as well as being an incredibly beautiful place. Um, and I, and I, I've, I know that you, you don't just build a golf course these days. I mean, the, the competition is so good. It's so great. You know, Pebble Beach, Pinehurst, Whistling Springs, whatever. But I've been kind of surprised at the, at the position of Gamble Sands, you know, in the, in the 70s or 80s, you know, in, in the top 100 best courses you can play. I've always thought, I know it's early days, but I, I happen to believe it's way better than that. Now, I'm not saying it's top 10 or anything like that, but, you know, it's, it's, this has got to be a top 20, top 30 golf experience, public golf experience in America. Cause I mean, the, the, the design of the course, it's, um, 
I often hear, you know, Gamble Sands is criticized for being too, too easy. Now, first of all, um, I, you, golf should be a challenge. I mean, you know, I, I, I get, um, I get a, I get, I get a little bit upset sometimes with professional golf and, you know, the PGA Tour. Why I, I, I still to this day don't understand why we give the best players in the world by far and away the best equipment. You know, we're just making the we're we're forever making the game easier for professional golfers, and I just don't get that. You know, I mean, baseball is a, is the obvious comparison. You know, the best players, the best hitters in the world, get wood wooden bats. Um. And I, I just don't see why that isn't duplicated in golf. I mean, we, we, we give golfers by far and away the best equipment. That's, that's, um, that's so custom customized for their, for their swing. Do, you know, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I, that's I, I just don't understand it. It's, uh-huh. it's like with formula one, you know, formula one is um, even when I was a, you know, a five-year-old or ten-year-old watching that, I'm thinking, "Hang on, it's it's like you, you you put a really really good driver in a brilliant car, and a really really good driver in a rubbish car, who's going to win?" Right. And that you know you can't really tell. I'm not saying that the drivers aren't incredibly skilled, but how can you tell the difference in skill between drivers if one of them is driving a brilliant car. One of them is driving a, a banger. Uh, I, I, sure. It's you know it's a fundamental thing, and I understand you know the I understand why why the whole thing creates as much debate as it does. But I I just fundamentally have never understood why we give the best players in the world the best equipment. Hmm. Why on earth are we talking about this? What where did this come from? <laughs> I've completely lost track. You said something about how. People think Gamble Sands is an easy golf. Course. Yeah, right. So, so Gamble Sands is um, it, 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 David has said on numerous occasions. You know, he he built he built the the slopes so that you know your ball doesn't necessarily funnel off the green; it funnels onto the green. Now, that's not to say you know it's like a timber bowling alley with with the with the um the sides up. It's not like that at all. I mean, if you're having a bad day and you're not striking it, you're not going to score well at Gamble Sands. You, of course, you know it. I mean, it's it's a really really good golf course. It's not a it's not a bowling alley with with borders on each side of the fairway. You know, to 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 ensure that bad rank shots funnel back into the middle of the fairway. No, absolutely not. And you could you could. You know, someone who isn't used to those pace of greens or those slopes of greens, you know, is going to have a hard time on those greens. Um, and, you know, Josh can put the tees back to 7,200 yards. You can grow, grow the rough up a little bit, make the greens even faster. Gamble Sands can be plenty difficult, but it's built, it's, it's designed so brilliantly that on, on a normal everyday, you know, weekday, for resort guests, it is the perfect blend of challenge and fun. 
Now that you know, that's a really, really difficult thing to achieve for um for golf courses for superintendents. You know, I, I always go back to Mackenzie's line about you know we 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 you're always going to upset somebody. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is going to believe this is perfect or this is how it should be. But you know, the 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 goal is to provide as much enjoyment for as many people as possible. And I think Gamble Sands does that certainly better than anywhere that I can remember. Tony did just do a piece on his experience playing quicksands and that's on linksmagazine.com. You can read more about the course itself, the quirks and, and his, his time playing there. Um, but Tony, I really appreciate you taking the time to describe uh, your experience going out there, your, your level of knowledge about Gamble Sands, because I do think you're right. I, I don't think it's, it's, it's one of those unsung still, still kind of in its infancy in, in terms of, um, being a, a notable golf resort in the country, but it's getting there. Um, I've, I've yeah, heard I believe about it. it yeah, it's a matter of time, you know, uh, uh, Gamble Sands, it, you know, it, it deserves its due. It, it, it will be recognized and it, all in good time. You know, it, it will be recognized as a, as really one of the top places I believe in the States. Sure. And, you yeah. know, you put it up against Pebble Beach. And, you know, I mean, it's never going to win that. Right. But, um, but it's really special. Well, I can't wait to get there. Um, if you don't mind telling David just to make a, a quick, uh, you know, a little <laughs> detour. North and, yeah. North or South Carolina, wherever I happen to be on the given day. Um, yeah. that, that would be just fine. I think if, if he can manage that. I'm sure he'd do that. Yeah. He's very accommodating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your time again. Um, thanks Al. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Likewise. Bye. All right.